about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. We're talking about being all in with the Lord. That's what we do every week. And we go with the scriptures. We go with the flow. We go with the country. We go with what's going on around us and try to make sense out of what Jesus was telling us on how we should take authority over what's going on around us. Through prayer, of course. And uh, we talk about being all in. What does it mean to be all in? When we listen to the story of Jesus, or look at the story of Jesus, or read it from the Bible, we are reminded that he was walking a path that was unlike any other. He was walking a path of victory. And we, I can't help but notice that he lived on top of things, not under them. He wasn't carrying a burden um, of, of fear. He was rather here to demonstrate the power of love. And God Almighty, who created us, sent him into the earth. You know, when you think about the human body, we think about our bodies. Just take a second and think. This week, especially, as we're thankful for things all over the world, let's think about the human body that you're living in, the earth suit, that wonderful created item. And even the atheist or the top scientists in the world cannot duplicate or manufacture anything close to what the human body is or what it makes available to us to live out every day of our life. Yes, you, the spirit of you, is living in an earth suit called a human body, the most magnificent creation ever designed. You know, it's amazing to me that today many strides are being made to duplicate the human body. Robots are being constructed, but they're metal and they are mechanical and they are not of an organic nature. They are not organ driven. They are machine driven. Now, on the outside, they're making them look as human as possible. Why is that? Because they want them to look like a human. That's why. And God made us. The Bible tells us that God made us in His image and likeness. We're made like God. And then, of course, through sin, we fell. Now, let's talk about that because... The more I read about the Word of God, and the more I listen, and the more I uh, in, invest myself or and push, put, put myself into the Word, the more I realize that God, has, He created all of the universe. He created all of the physics, all of the laws, all. He created quantum physics. He created everything that we call quantum physics and things that we know and things that we don't know. If you go on the internet and you Google uh, darkness, you'll find that uh, there, there's a force called darkness that actually is the opposite of light. 
and it actually pulls the opposite way is light. Now, we know that God is light. God is light. And we know that time on earth is affected by the speed of light. The closer, if you put a clock on an airplane and and you go faster and faster, as, as you approach the speed of light, the clock slows down and actually stops. I mean, these are scientific things that have been that have been uh, you know documented. Yet light and darkness, which is the world we live in, are opposed to each other. And God is light. He is light. He created light. Light exists at the rate of 186,000 miles per second. It continues to expand the universe. So all these rules, all these laws, that some are scientific, some are quantum physics, some all... I mean, we're told that an atom that exists, a particle of an atom or an atom that exists here on Earth, if that atom is in place in a different place in the universe and you change something in that atom here, it's also changed there. It exists everywhere. So all of life that we call matter, the things that we can see, and if you look up in, in, in the, uh, you can Google this. It's amazing because if you Google it, you'll find out that it says, I think it was only 5% of the universe that is, represents matter is what we can see. And all the rest is invisible. Invisible. And they recognize that there's invisible matter. And that's exactly what we're talking about when we talk about prayer, when we talk about calling things that are not as though they are, we're talking about taking the invisible matter that God created through quantum physics for us and gave it to Jesus to come to earth to show us how to use it. You know, Jesus made life simple. He made it easy. If we listen to his stories, if we listen to what he says, we can operate the most sophisticated laws of quantum physics that exist anywhere. I was reading the other day a scripture where Jesus came so that we could all have, you know, in John 3, life and have it eternally. And as it struck me, it struck me. You know, I mean, I read this, you know, how often do we read that? I mean, that's the scripture everybody goes to. God so loved the world that he sent his only son that you could have life, you know, and, 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 and so, but eternal life. And think of the people that are the multi-billionaires of the earth, okay? If they could have eternal life apart from God, because they want to keep living here, right? Do you think they would have figured it out by now? I would love to buy a body or buy another body or reconstruct a body that they could take their conscious mind out of, this body, right, that you have, and place it in a body that won't wear out or that parts can be replaced or that it would be eternal. That's what they would like to do is live eternally. And yet here in John 3, God so loved the world that he sent Jesus into the earth so that we could have life and have it eternally. So we have a, an easy way to get that eternal life, and yet people don't really want to accept it. There are those who fight that. 
That's the first thing you ought to do, man, is accept Jesus as Lord for what he did and get it written in the book that you are going to live forever. Now, here's the bad news to that. You're going to live forever somewhere. Because when God created man, he created a spirit that doesn't die. It's going to live somewhere. Newsflash, there's two alternatives. There's a place called heaven, the planet heaven, and there's a place called hell. Hell is apart from God. God has arranged all of physics to work together for good for you and I, so that when we live in his kingdom, activate his kingdom, then all things begin to work for good. And in hell, well, it all works for good for Lucifer, but it takes everything away from you as an individual, including your dignity and your individual life. So, in starting out today, I did introduce the word quantum physics. We're going to talk a little bit about it. But I want to talk about your imagination. I mean, we, if, I, I can't express how the Holy Spirit has been re revealing to me the powerful nature of what God has placed in each one of us. And, you know, if God came into the earth, if Jesus came and handed us a schematic drawing. For those of you that don't know what a schematic is, it's the internal workings of how everything works in, a, let's say, a computer or a house or a machine or whatever, a schematic, how it's wired. If he handed you a schematic of the human body, you wouldn't know what to do with it. If he handed you a schematic of the universe, you wouldn't know what to do with it. It would be so complex. So, he didn't hand you a schematic. It's like you buying a computer, a laptop computer, and they hand you the schematic of how it's built. doesn't do you any good. You need a user-friendly manual, one that says, click here, do this, do that. And when you click here and do this and do that, all of a sudden, guess what? The computer does what it's supposed to do. So Jesus comes into the earth to tell us to do this and do that and click here and do that. And when you do it, it works. But everybody who reads that, reads the stories, reads the Bible, people all interpret it a little differently. So therefore, they're limited to the user manual. I mean, I, I know people that get a computer and it tells you the fast setup. You know, they give you the fast one. And you, you do this, 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 and this, and the computer comes on and goes, but they still even mess that up because they can't follow simple instructions. So Jesus came to make it as simple as possible. And in, in so doing, everyone wanted to kill him, uh, the Jewish people, at least the, the hierarchy, because he was threatening because if he did something, it worked. And when he healed people, they were healed. And so here we are. Here we are in 2022 coming in here. <clears throat> in 20, can you imagine living in an age when, you know, people dreamt of these, these years? And here we are, the technology that's evolving. And yet God created all of the technology that allows the technology to be created. And then he sent Jesus into the earth to give us some lessons on how to operate everything 
that the universe has. Everything. And, and if, when I was reading online there about this whole thing about darkness and stuff, it's telling us that most of the universe is invisible. You can't see it. And yet it represents a tremendous amount of mass. So, while that sounds a lot like something I read from Hebrews, where faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen, there is so much not seen. And here we sit. So, let's get started on making sense of this. Because if you knew, if you absolutely knew a way to activate the kingdom of God in your life, to cause circumstances to change, and things you want to come to come, why wouldn't you do that? And so we struggle. We struggle to get this part right, to learn how to pray, to learn what Jesus said. You know, and, and that's back to the imagination, because we're told that the imagination in the Bible is the most powerful, powerful force. God tells us to imagine the best. And, and when you see it, that's what most people say, when I see it, I'll believe it. But when you imagine it, it will come. When you use your imagination, the Bible tells us to cast down every imagination that's not of God. How, ca- that means you can cast imaginations down as well as you can imagine what you want. So we have an incredible opportunity living in this earth suit to be just like God, not God, just like him. And the best part is that we are under the same anointing and the same anointing on Jesus is on us when we accept him because we are joint heirs. When Adam came into the earth and and fouled up by allowing Lucifer to feed him other fruit, other data that was was corrupt, he immediately fell from that place where he, everything he wanted just materialized. And here we are. Jesus is showing us how to operate a kingdom that is so far superior, and yet people struggle with it. We make religions out of it. We cause people to be almost ashamed if they're successful. Why? Because we don't understand the laws and the nature of our God. The God who created you, that loves you so much. He made this earth suit. He made it. He created it. And now he wants you to enjoy your life. Don't be broke, busted, sick, and disgusted. But rather, rise up as a powerful overcomer in the kingdom. Say yes to your potential. Say yes to Jesus. Okay, that's the little prelude here. So let's start out by reading a scripture. And I'm going to start out by reading, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) John 1, verse 1 through 5. Now listen, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
So who is God? The Word. In quantum physics, we are now learning, we're just beginning to learn that words affect the outcome of circumstances. And God is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. All things that exist that you can see, even the things you can't see, came from the beginning. It was the Word. The Word. The Word. Get that in our minds. The Word. In the beginning was the Word. Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. There you have it. We didn't understand that as we read these things. We go, what's he talking about? He was with God in the beginning. Who was he? The Word. Who is the Word? Who is he? Aha! Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made. Let's go back. What does it say? In him, or through him, all things were made. Through who? The Word. Who is the Word? Oh, let's continue. Through Him in all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made. Nothing. And everything you see, hear, touch, and feel was made. Made. Created. It was made. Okay. In Him was life. And that life was the light of mankind. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The, then in John, I'm jumping to John 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came to the Father full of grace and truth. So now we have it. In the beginning was the Word. Who? Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Jesus was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through whom? Him. All things were made. Who? The Word. Jesus. Through Jesus, all things were made. When God created everything, Jesus spoke it on God's behalf. All things. He was there. Jesus was there. The creator of the universe. The creator of everything you see. Jesus, the Christ. He was there. In the beginning. In the beginning. In the beginning. Okay, now, the Word became flesh. So now, Jesus, who spoke the Word, literally became flesh on the earth and dwelt among us. Why? So that He could bring us back immediately. Lucifer stole from Adam the ability to control this planet through all the laws and physics that God used to create it. And God immediately put a plan in place to get it back. 
That's right, to get it back for you and for I, for me, <laughs> okay, for you and I. And so we have to grasp what happened here. The Word dwelt among us. The Word that created everything you know is now living here on the earth with us. He was living here. There was a period of time where he walked the earth. This is the one who created it all. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, let's take it to Mary. Mary, who carried Jesus. What was the most amazing miracle that ever took place? Is God's Word coming to her, and, and an angel appearing to her and saying that she was going to be with child. And she says, but I haven't been with a man. Because, of course, we all know that's the only way you can have a child. That no scientist has done it any other way. Okay? You can't do it any other way. So Mary says the simple thing, how can that be? And the angel says, the Holy Spirit. Now we have another term here, the Holy Spirit will take care of that for you, and you will have be with child. And she says, says, out of her mouth with a word, let it be done unto me, as you have said, or as the Lord wants. And when she said it, she released a dynamic flow into the earth, causing through the physics of how it all works, for her body to actually become impregnated by a word. By a word. That's how powerful words are. The word, the word. Jesus, the word. Mary received the word. The word implanted itself in a human form in her womb and grew into a child the womb of Mary. She, she used so much faith at that point. And then what's the next scene is she's going to see her cousin Elizabeth all excited that she's going to have a child. She didn't just say it. She believed it. And that's where faith comes in. Faith is believing what you say. That angel that appeared to her excited her. She knew it was real. She accepted it. And gosh, her whole body delivered it. Her body delivered what she believed. The Word. The Word. So her body created a being from the Word. It wasn't from another man. It was from the Word. Words are the most powerful tool of all of God's vast expanse. Words. 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 The Word came and dwelt among us. I don't know how we can miss this and, and water it down, but the Word of God. The Word. First there was the Word. Was there the chicken or the egg? No, it was the Word. And the Word created everything we see. 
everything we see, nothing, nothing, nothing that we have or see, touch, feel, or ever will was created apart from the Word. And God is the Word. And Jesus is the manifestation of that Word. That's why Jesus said, If you saw me, you have seen the Father. The Father is so filled with energy, he could, Moses couldn't even get close. He would be burned up, the burning bush. But Jesus, can, containing all of the Father in him, is our example of what God is, is. God is all light. God is all love. God is all powerful. God is all righteous. God is all, all, all. And Jesus came to earth in an earth suit like you and I to demonstrate how to operate the rules and the laws that God had made to govern this place. And he demonstrated as the sample son, as a sample, the, uh, that we too could do exactly what he's doing. That's what he told us. Greater things, he said, when I go to the Father, will you be able to do? Because I go to be with the Father and the Holy Spirit comes to you. Just like the Holy Spirit came to Mary. Mary, most special woman who accepted the word, who took it by faith, who believed she was preg pregnant with, with a son. And then how to explain that uh, to her, to Joseph, what happened? And Joseph was thinking, well, I don't know what Joseph was thinking at first. He must have been thinking not so good things because he wanted to put her away and divorce her immediately because then that day it was the wrong thing to be saying. So it was not popular for her to say, oh, look, I'm pregnant with, by the Holy Spirit. That was gone against everything of the time. Because they, you could be stoned for, uh, or, or whatever, for, for having done something, uh, you know, improperly. So here we sit, and we're taught, we didn't even get past Genesis 1, and we're saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was God. God was the Word. God was the Word. The Word was God. In the beginning, through Him all things were made. Without Him, nothing is made. And in Him was life. That life was the light of mankind. So when Adam allowed Lucifer to feed him information and take that fruit, the light went out because he took a different source as his source. And when that light went out, darkness came on the earth. Adam was afraid, never saw himself completely naked, got scared, didn't know what to do, and quick grabbed a fig leaf, tried to sew it together somehow. Can't imagine what that looked like. And now he's all confused because he never had to think about anything. All he had to do was want it. Think he was hungry, food would appear. It happened. The kingdom of God is at hand. And that's what Jesus is coming to tell us. He's coming to tell us. And the word became flesh. Jesus became flesh. 
and dwelt among us. And so here we are at the beginning of understanding that Jesus came to teach us about a kingdom that you and I could operate, that you and I could live life and live it more abundantly. Don't get stalled. Don't get stuck. Don't stay broke. Whatever the circumstance is, when we come back after these messages, we're going to deal with how to change them. Because you can. You're made in the image and likeness of God. We'll be right back. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. And we're back. We're talking about what the kingdom of God is like. We're talking about the word. We're talking about quantum physics. Things you don't understand. Nor should you, for crying out loud. Jesus came to make it simple. He came that you and I could have life and have it more abundantly. So what does he do to teach you about quantum physics? Let me take you to a parable. It's called the parable of the sower. Matthew 13. How about that? There, quantum physics, the beginning of quantum physics. How's it work? The day, on the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea and a great multitude had gathered. So that he got into a boat and sat there to the, the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things in parables. Behold, a sower went out to sow. And he, as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. And the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places when they did not have much, uh, stony places where they did not have much earth. And they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and, beca- and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell on the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. And the others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What is Jesus saying here? He's giving us tips on how the universe works. This is not to be pretty. This is not a, uh, oh, that's so nice. He sowed stuff. And then he goes on to say that the, the seed is the word. The seed is, we're back to the word again. The seed to sow. But you have to sow the word. How did God do it? He sowed the word. What did Jesus do? He sowed the word. What did Mary do? She received the word that was sown. She then had the seed in her. And Jesus lived, uh, came alive and lived on the earth and used the seed to teach us how to use the word. Let's get the word. Let's get your mouth is your worst enemy. If you are saying anything contrary to the word of God, you are causing injury to yourself and your family. And yet we walk around just talking about anything and telling everybody sometimes how awful we feel and all that stuff. So the word, your words, 
that is the beginning of operating a kingdom that's on this earth that all things were made from. And we need to capture that. So Jesus spoke many things in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and he yielded a crop, some 60, 30. So he's telling us how to get things. He came, he says, that you could come and buy and sell without money. How do you do that? By sowing the word. God's word is what needs to be sown. His word, God's word, is what we're sowing. You say, well, how does that work, Art? Well, because you have a mouth. Let me show you how it works. You open it and speak. And when you speak words, words are containers that contain the seed of what you believe. And when you believe what you say, the universe that God created immediately goes to work to bring to pass what you're saying. Now, listen, when you listen to people talk, you hear some people, well, I just don't know. You never know what God's going to do. Oh, God's mysterious. Really? The mist doesn't know what he's going to do? <coughs> you make him sound like you. I don't think you know what you're going to do. He is not like you. He's even told you that. My ways are not your ways. My words are not your words. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are higher, he says. <coughs> Come up. Come up to my way. What is his way? Understanding the word. God's word, we're told in the Bible, never returns void. Well, if it doesn't return void, where's it going? Going out to create. So when we take God's word and sow it, speak it into the earth, and know that we know that we know that it's going to come to pass, it shall come to pass. You will have what you say. That's the way it works. So let's read here. Colossians 1, verse 12 through 16. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us, convert, conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Okay, so you want to go back here now? We're saying, oh, Art, I don't feel worthy. Wait a minute. It says here, giving thanks to the Father. Thank you, Father, that He who has qualified us. He qualified us, not you. You aren't going to be able to qualify yourself. He qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance. What inheritance? The inheritance that Jesus got when he took the keys back from Lucifer, defeated him in hell, took the keys back, and he now has handed them to us. And he says, go into all the earth, love one another, and preach the gospel. You know, that's the message. Sow the word. Sow the word. We aren't worthy of it. But he has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Who did? He did. Who's he? Jesus. Who's Jesus? The Word. The Word delivered us from darkness. The Word is the opposite of darkness. Light is God. God is light. God is the Word. Darkness and light have no... They're the opposites. We have been made to sit with Him in heavenly places. <clears throat> the reason I'm going like this is because so many people are waiting for God to do something in their life. He already did it. He did it. And he's handed you the keys and says, 
Pick up your sword. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Pick up your sword and go sow the seed. Do it. Do it. You can do it. We need to wake up now and realize that everything and anything you need is ready and waiting for you. God, the Word, created it. Then He sent His Son, Jesus, into the earth to tell us how to use it and hand us the keys. And Jesus defeated Lucifer once and for all. It's over. The only power Lucifer has is he has to create in you the ability to imagine the worst. And if you're someone who's sitting around imagining the worst, you're allowing <coughs> you're allowing Satan to control your life. If you find when his biggest fear is that you find out that you don't have to imagine the worst, you could also imagine the best. The imagination. Anything you can imagine, anything that you can imagine can and will come to pass if you believe it, if you apply God's word to it, if you're under the righteousness of Christ, if you are delivered from the evil of this present world because you're in Christ Jesus, and you are if you just allow the word to work. So, I guess I get a little excited here. His image, okay, here I'm still reading, in, uh, I'm reading here in Colossians 1, 12 to 16, I'm going to read it again. Giving thanks to the Father, qualified us to be partakers of his inheritance to the saints in the light. He was delivered, he has delivered us from the power of darkness, conveyed us into the kingdom of his son, his, in, in, in his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins, right? We're redeemed and forgiven. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Jesus is the image of God. That's why he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. <clears throat> and you and I are made in his image and likeness. We are an extension of God. And that's what we are to be here in the earth. That on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. So, gee, everything, all principalities, all rulers, everything was created by and for God. Some have gone astray, and now we are to get them back. We are made in the image and likeness of God. In Matthew 1, 21 and 22, talking about Mary, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. <clears throat> so, this was prophesied. <clears throat> and then Mary received it. So all was done that it might be fulfilled, <clears throat> which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, and it goes on to say, well, exactly what happened. But Mary received it. In Mark 1.11, Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Do you think Jesus was asking the question when he got to earth, did he have to find out and remember who he was? And a voice came out of the heavens saying, You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Did everyone around him hear it or did just he hear it through the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus now had parted from God. He is in the earth, <clears throat> has to totally re-identify with the nature of he, him, who he was before. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> 
of who he was before because he was there when all was created. And now he's born into the earth and he has to, am I that guy? Am I the one who was there? He's, he has to identify with that. And a voice comes out of heaven. That must have been a heck of a, heck of a sound. And it says, you are my beloved son and I am well pleased in you. And here we are. Jesus is now on the earth and does the work. Now here, Satan tempts Jesus. Immediately, the Spirit uh, drove him into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and was with wild beasts and angels, and they ministered to him. Jesus had to go through a lot of preparation in order to, to carry out what he had to do. He had to give it a lot of thought. He did not just... Uh, haphazardly walk anywhere. Every step was was ordained by the Holy Spirit. And yet, here is Jesus, the, the Son of God, born of Mary, who was born out of the womb because of the Word, and the Word was with God, and Jesus spoke the Word that caused Mary to become pregnant with Him, and now He's born into the earth. So the Word was spoken, then she has Jesus. Jesus is in the earth coming from the Word and teaching us the sower sows the Word. Jesus spoke it. Mary received it. Jesus is born. <clears throat> and he's telling us what? The sower sows the Word. Wow. I hope somebody gets this because I'm telling you, we are living at a time where whatever you want to change in your life, you can. Quantum physics or not, it's all there. All you've got to do is use the simple teachings of Jesus and sow the word. But you got to sow it properly. <clears throat> so 2 Corinthians 10.3 says, For though we walk in flesh, we do not war against the flesh. We war against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. Here in Ephesians 4.28, Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. So here we're talking about the purpose of work. <clears throat> is the purpose of work for you to make a lot of money? Yes. What's the purpose of the money? That you may have op something to give to him who has need. So again, the sower sows. If you go get a job and you're working, the purpose of that money is so you can sow it so that you can give it to someone who has need. Why? Because when you give, it comes back, pressed down, shaken together, flowing over, and that the kingdom of God starts to operate in your life again through quantum physics. Because the giving, the sowing, the giving, the sowing, and the whole system works every single time. So, what are we doing? What are you doing? How are we operating this kingdom? What are we doing with the kingdom? Though we walk in the flesh, our warfare is not against the flesh. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness. So here in Joel 2.28, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. <clears throat> your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. <clears throat> God is operating in the earth in this hour. And he wants us to get a handle on this kingdom and use it 
He's giving us visions. He's giving us prophecies. He's giving us dreams. It's time to speak the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Jesus was the Word. He became flesh. I hope this makes sense. You know, I, I, I'm so excited to understand that Jesus spoke the Word in heaven that entered into Mary, that caused Mary to have a child that was Jesus in her womb because he spoke the word, it came to pass, and he was Jesus of Nazareth. He was the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who dwelt among us and came here to show us how to speak the word. If it didn't work, it wouldn't have worked for him. It works for him in the earth, and it works for us. But we have to come to attention of understanding that every single word out of our mouth matters. Every single word, and especially the ones you believe. Especially the ones you believe. It says here in James 3, 1 through 7, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. But if anyone does not stumble in word... He is a perfect man and also able to bridle the whole body. The whole body, your whole body is subject to your words. To be a perfect man, you must control your words. You must control what's coming out of your mouth. It's all about the word. I'll read it again. Not many should become teachers knowing that you shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. But if anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man. How do you not stumble in word? Learn God's words and use them. And don't let this mouth speak any other idle words. Bible says we're going to be judged on every idle word. Now you know why. Because God set up all the laws and physics and everything to react to your words, especially the ones where you're highly tempered and and mean them. <clears throat> what does that mean? That means when you're mad and you speak at something very harshly or fiercely, it probably has more power than you do when you're not, because you believe it. People get mad, they don't even know why they're mad, but they believe they're mad. Well, let's stop it. Stop the tongue. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Therefore, choose life. That's what God said. I put before you both life and death. Choose life. And that comes out of your mouth. So if you have nothing to say, close your mouth. That's the, that's the answer to that one. And here it is. Proverbs 30, 32. If you have been foolish in exalting yourself, or if you have devised evil out of your mouth, put your hand over your mouth. Go read it. Proverbs 30, 32. Put your hand over your mouth. That's what it says to do. Don't let it come out of your mouth. I'm making a big thing out of this because we've got to get the fact that words that we're saying and believing are the words that are causing your life to be the way it is right now. You want to change your life? Change your words. You want to change your life? Change what you believe in your words. Use God's words and believe them and speak them. And put your hand over your mouth. Put your hand over your mouth for any other words. Do it. Do it. Put your hand over your mouth. In 1 Samuel 17, 45, New King James Version, 
Then David said to the Philistines, You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts, (coughs) the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. What did David do? Spoke to the giant. This guy has everybody petrified. But David speaking, who do you think you are? I'm going to deliver your head today, this day. Speaking words, activating the laws, the rules, the quantum physics, whatever you want to call it, that are going to change the outcome. David spoke it, and he believed it. I killed me a lion, I killed me a bear. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He believed it, and he spoke it with authority. That's what you got to learn to do. Speak with the authority that you've been granted through the righteousness of Christ. And guess what happened when, you, when he did that? When, it, when he did that, everything changed. Everything changed. That day, Goliath was delivered, wasn't he? Delivered unto him. You know, the Bible says to live a good fight of faith, right? Fight the good fight of faith. Well, faith is not to fight people or the devil. It's not. Your fight of faith should not be against people. We're to love them. I don't care if they're politicians and you don't like them. Our fight of faith is not against them. And it's not against the devil because Jesus defeated him. Jesus defeated Satan. You aren't going to have to do it. It's already done. You just have to know that he did it. But the fight of faith in your life and my life is to maintain our sight of what we're praying for, our inner goals, our inner prayers, our whatever our target is. The fight of faith is to keep our minds steadfast on what we are praying for. That's the fight of faith. Are you fighting a fight of faith? Some people don't even know what their goals are. In this time of the year, I start talking about goals because the next year comes and then you have no goals. Are they written down? Do you know what you want? Not what you need. Stop thinking about what you need. But Art, you don't understand. I just need to get enough money for food to pay the rent and to exist. Really? Are you that selfish that you're only thinking about you? What about all the people around you? Why don't you, if you're going to believe for something, believe for abundance more than you need so you can sow it and give it to those around you so you can teach them there is a God. You know, you want to know why people say they're atheists or they don't want to believe in God or kids today are so invested in other things that they say, what are you kidding me? God, go to church? What are you kidding? I don't like what I see there. That's because the demonstration of the church is weak at best. You can't be weak. Meek isn't weak. The meek shall inherit the earth. It's controlled strength. People need to see an example. You need to be that example. I'm telling you, whatever you think you need today, you can have. And God will bring it to you, but ask for others to be blessed by what you need. Get more than you need so you can give it. God supplies the seed for the sower. You're the sower. So if you want something, pray for more so that you can sow it. Pray for an abundance so you can sow it. Sow. The sower sows. The sower sows the word. 
Oh boy, I'm telling you, are we something? We got to do this. This is how it works. So if you're praying for enough food for yourself, think about the families around you and expand your thinking to pray for them because God supplies the seed for the sower. And take the first 10% of what comes in and give it to them. Don't go gobbling it up, whether it's the money or the food or cars or houses. Give the first 10% to someone else that God directs you to give it to. Then the windows of heaven will open and pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. Pressed down, shaken together, and flowing over. But it all starts with the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word is teaching us how to buy without money, how to come get what you need without money, how prayer works, how the seed works, and we're fighting the fight of faith. God made quantum physics. He made the universe. He made the invisible. He made the visible. Do you think it's a mystery to him how it works? And yet people are saying, oh, I wish God would hear my prayer. He's heard it. What are you doing? Believe. If only you would believe and speak with the authority using the name of Jesus. That name, Jesus, the Christ, has so far superior to any dynamic law rule in this universe that with the mention of that name, all the laws of physics change. Everything changes. And Jesus sees to it that what you said, the seed you sowed, is being heard, created, manifested, and brought to you because of his name. Wow. Here we are again, talking about being all in with the Lord. Well, I suggest this week you put it into practice. I'm out of time, and I could keep going, because the power of the living God is upon us. He's anointed us to preach and teach and demonstrate the Word at work here on the earth. Please be that person. Wake up now and speak the Word over your life today and over your family. In the name of Jesus, all things work together for good. We'll see you next week. Have a great week and a blessed day. Talk to you then. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time.